this is not an all-share meeting. Rather, it is a question and answer for Paul's take on the 12 steps. For details on all Paul's events, his story under arrest, books, t-shirts, past event videos, check out his website, zenbitchslap.com. And you want to start off with a reading today, Paul? Yeah. <clears throat> All right. I'm on page 46 at the bottom of the page, starting with much to our relief. Much to our relief, we discovered we did not need to consider another's conception of God. Our own conception, however inadequate, was, was sufficient to make the approach and to effect a contact with him. As soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence, a spirit of the universe underlying the totality of all things, we began to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction, provided we took other simple steps. We found that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. To us, the realm of spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who seek it is open, we believe, to all men. When therefore we speak to you of God, we mean your own conception of God. This applies to, to other spiritual expressions you may find in this book. Do not let any prejudice you have against spiritual terms deter you from honestly asking yourself what they mean to you. Uh, at the start of this, we all needed to commence spiritual growth to affect our first conscious relation with God as we understood him. Afterward, we found ourselves accepting many things, which then seemed entirely out of reach. That was growth. But if we wished to grow, we had to begin somewhere. So we used our own conception, however limited it was. Yes. Thanks, Jacob. Uh, Paul, alcoholic. Um, welcome, everybody. Yeah, this idea on page 47, which is the idea of a higher power of our own conception is just a beginning. It's, it's, not, it's not necessarily dictated as that's how it's going to be the rest of the time. My little evolution concerning that was there was the higher power of my own understanding then it got to a point where I turned my will and life over to the care of a higher power of its own understanding, which I found to be much more open and vast and uh, revelatory. Yeah, so it seems like what such a huge power in one's life to be defined by this myopic view called Paul would be crazy, really. But as he says here, at the start, this was all we needed to commence spiritual growth. This idea of a conception of God of our own understanding. This is based to be the beginning point. And then because this program works, you'll start sensing a conscious presence. And whatever you want to call it, Buddha nature, God, it doesn't matter in a way. It's the sense of it. It's not the idea of it or the thought of it it's the sense of it yeah someone who's been under this influence for years it's quite intimate yet how can they define that with a word because it's more of a an, like an everlasting activity almost like a contextual space or presence or atmosphere it's not a thing 
So, uh, yeah, I want to. I'll read this again because so much to our mind, to our relief, we discovered we did not. We did not need to consider another's conception of God. This was such a beautiful uh, recognition because a lot of people get caught with that contempt prior to investigation, and God is sort of like a detour. It's a basically saying, you know, turn left or turn right. And AA made it much easier to approach the solution at that point as the problem. So when you're attempting to coax the problem to the solution, you've got to sort of disguise the solution in a lot of ways to get the problem in the freaking room, so to speak, so that uh, you'll be able to give up your old ideas because of the, the relief that we experienced. Yeah. So our own, we did not need to consider another's conception of God. Our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to, to make the approach and to affect a contact with him. So this is like, this is more something that suits or fits the problem so that it can get engaged with the solution. Once the solution starts working, the problem's ideas don't hold as much weight as when we are the problem. Yeah. So, yeah. As soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence, that doesn't need to be called God. It's maybe it's us, unbeknownst to us, yeah? A spirit of the universe underlying the totality of things, we began to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction. Now, to me, it has like different names, creative intelligence, a spirit of the universe, God, but basically the fact is we began to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction. That's the point, yeah? Not the name, but the effect. Provided we took out other simple steps, yes, the program and the suggestions we find in the program, we find that God does not make too hard turns with those who seek him. Yeah, I find most of the requirements are on our side, not on the power side, if you want to look at it as a dual thing. To us, the, the realm of spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive, or forbidding. That sure doesn't sound like the head, <laughs> especially with active alcoholism. I know, the head isn't very, it's not broad, roomy, or all-inclusive. <laughs> it's pretty claustrophobic, and it's either my way or the highway. <laughs> it's not even my way it's this parasitical way whatever to us the realm of spirit is broad roomy all-inclusive never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek it is open we believe to all men because it's right where we are at all times with no requirement necessary you can't be more open to that but the dilemma is we're not open to it so to speak when therefore we speak to you of God, we mean your own conception of God. This applies too to other spiritual expressions which you find in this book. Do not let any prejudice you may have against spiritual terms deter you from honestly asking yourself what they mean to you. Yeah, you need this glass of water. 
if you're a real alcoholic, you need the glass of water. And I don't care if it's carried by someone's foot or, you know, on a mule or... We need the glass of water. At the start, this was all we needed. Yeah? At the start, this was all we needed to commence spiritual growth, to affect our first conscious relation with God as we understood Him. Afterward, we found ourselves in many things which then seemed entirely out of reach. That was growth. Yes. Growth out of what? Out of the garden of old ideas. <laughs> yeah. But if we wished to grow, we had to begin somewhere. So we used our own conception, however limited it was. Yes, the beginning of growth for many of us, because we won't enter the door if it's someone else's God. All right, so make up your own concept of God. Get in the door and then see what happens. That old concept of God may change. Yeah, And maybe instead of holding God the way you want it, you'll be held by the way God is, so to speak, yeah? So, uh, this always got me, because sometimes I hear in our community this idea that from, for the rest of your life, you're going to have a higher power of your own understanding. That's not been my experience. Yeah, maybe that was how I entered, but by being under the influence of the higher power, it became obvious I'd much rather take the posture of having a higher power of its own understanding influencing me, yeah? Instead of having to influence to it, me by through the influence of me, yeah? <laughs> That's what I want to sort of take out of the equation itself, yeah? So, yeah. Thanks for the reading. I, I've, sometimes I've looked this up and I couldn't remember the page, because of how some people present the understand your own understanding as if that's all there is and you're going to have it the rest of the program now that can be the case but it's not the written down case yeah it's he's implying that this was just the beginning to get our feet in the door and then see what happens yeah maybe you'll come to realize your own concept is unnecessary and actually it's a deterrent just like someone's others, someone else's concept of God was a deterrent for you. Well, maybe your own concept of God is a deterrent. Yeah. So, yeah. Or a God of your own understanding. So, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Uh, do we have any questions? I don't see any hands up quite yet. Uh, I would like to. Previous hey, to this, I yeah. just say something. Let's yeah, say uh, you get a new plant, a young plant. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's not. It's it could go either way. It could die or go. So you have to follow directions, and you gotta feed it and doing this and doing that. Then it grows bigger, and then the changes. Then your can how you take care of it is different. Yes, right. This whole thing is about growth. Recovery is about growth. It's about outgrowing fear, outgrowing this, and growing into other things. And that, and it's about change that's orchestrated through a program by a higher power, let's call it. And that growth, that change is directed so it's growth, yes? And right. so we 
grow. So sometimes the shoes that used to work for me, I outgrow those shoes. So that's time to sort of, you know, stretch them out or something. Yes. So this is an organic thing. You, you know, if the, yeah, I, I got the caterpillar in a cocoon. Yeah. But I can't put the butterfly in the cocoon. Yes. There's been growth. It, the time in the cocoon is over, and now the butterfly takes off. Never to go back to the cocoon in a way. So, right. uh, the principles sound. All of this stays the the way it is, but the way they presented it was in the early stages. Now a lot of people are praying every day to be to be re, relieved of the bondage of self and they're actually in the present tense verb of being relieved out of the bond of the bondage of self yes yeah they're still praying for something to happen later on that's actually occurring now yeah hmm. We had it as an example early on. I don't know who it was, Jono or someone from uh, the UK. We were sharing about all this, and he, then he had a hit. And he hit, the hit was, man, I say the sixth or seventh step every day, and then I realized I'm hoping to be relieved as, as, as if I'm not now. And so the prayer was actually part of a disservice because it was causing them him not to recognize he was in the freedom of the bondage of self or from the bondage of self yes this is this is the subtlety of growth yeah to start recognizing i don't want to be a master of fear and how to manicure and landscape it and adapt to it i want to outgrow fear yeah while I'm not, when, when fear seems to be prevalent, or let's say anxiety, then I need skillful means to keep the fire from fucking spreading. But I don't want to become, I just don't want to accept the fact there's always going to be fires when there's a possibility of not having fires. Yeah? That's freedom. Having fires and learning how to deal with them, that's managing. Yeah? Not being a fire starter, that's freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And I know the bondage of self limits possibilities. It says, okay, begrudgingly, okay, there'll be a freedom. You'll be able to not flip out at the next picnic or shit, you know, or maybe even have a relationship longer than six months. And for someone who has never and always does flip out, that's a great relief. But then there's more growth. Yeah. Yeah. The relief can grow. Yeah. Hmm. All right. All right. I think we have a question in the chat. One moment. Let's see here. 
So Robert, would you like to unmute and ask Paul your question or should I just ask it from the chat? I'll give you a second if you want to unmute. All right, I'll ask it. Uh, so this comes from Robert. He says, I think the illusion of self or thinking is like a transparent curtain, which adds an extra layer of information to our vision. We see our thoughts, but they don't exist in front of us. It's the capacity of humans to see things which is not there. It's like a built-in Google goggle glass. Am I right? Yes, but it's, it, what, it's what is done with it that has the effect. Yeah. So if there's, if the thoughts trigger a claiming and then they're held as your thoughts, they have a huge amount of influence that a thought doesn't have. Yeah. The bondage is not by thoughts. The bondage is through my thoughts. Yeah. So this, this illusory, very elusive feeling of my, the sense of being the one who's doing stuff that it has nothing really to do with, and the claiming of a lot of uh, ownership of a lot of shit we don't own, this is the bondage or the weight of the bondage of self. So thoughts are noticed, just like the eyes notice things, the mind notice thoughts. So in a way, in the mind's eye, it's a form of seeing. It's awareness. And then the thoughts trigger something. This is what I'm interested in, which is there's a claiming of the thoughts to imply that you, all pictured as a body, is the thinker. Therefore, I now own the thoughts, and that opens me up to be owned by the thoughts. Yeah. And uh, this is the activity of the bondage of self. And it's rooted in the identification as self, but the self is a many, many faceted identification. It's the identification as the thinker, the doer, the feeler, the seer, the hearer, the taster, the one who has problems, the one who wants this, the one da 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 da. Yeah? So. Self is like a, a circus tent that has a lot of shows going on inside of it, yeah? Yeah. But the real machination is the claiming of stuff to imply you, yeah? And you is seen as a doer. You is seen as the thinker. You is seen as the hearer, yeah? When actually there's hearing, thinking, and doing. Yeah, that's the bondage. Yeah, the bondage is activities that are happening with or without this idea of self are claimed to imply there's a self that's doing it all. <laughs> Let's see, I love the if self is the thinker of the thoughts, I like it to explain the preliminary before the thought appears. Yeah. How does it do it? It has not a fucking clue. Yeah. It's after the thought. The thought is noticed not by Paul. The thought is noticed by awareness, yeah? Like being conscious, let's say. And then Paul 
is now Paul is then this idea of claiming it is is appears as Paul. Yeah, yeah. It's a robbery in a way. Yeah, absolutely. But we are more of the awareness than of Paul. Paul's not going to ever see the awareness, but awareness will see the machinations that imply Paul. But the machinations that imply Paul will never see awareness. Never. Yeah? But the awareness sees this manufacturing. Which is which? Are you that which is manufactured? Are you the, or are you the seeing of the manufacturing? I mean, it seems obvious that we are of the seeing, not of the product. Yes? Absolutely. Now, but we don't live that way, do we? No, we live as if the product is what's seen. Yeah, and that basis of life turns the, the process of living and saddles it with an interpretation. You know, instead of seeing life is happening, you see it as happening to me. And there you go. And it becomes a stubborn little saddle that's very uncomfortable for the horse. Yeah. But the horse doesn't know it's a saddle. It thinks it's part of itself. So it can't throw the saddle off because it can't entertain the possibility that the saddle is anything other than it. So it lives with this discomfort and tries to get as much relief as possible. Never getting to the possibility that I could be free from that saddle because I'm not the saddle. Yeah. The same with us. Yeah. We try to get out of self. And some of us went to great lengths and would only take, would do a whole lot of consequences tomorrow with a whole lot of time to get five minutes or three minutes of relief. So the unbearability of the weight of self was something else, you know. It demanded uh, an action. It demanded an escape, yet part of its uh, dominance is the outdoor the outdoor is more in, yeah? Self can't get out of self. So it wants you to get out, try to get out of self because it enlarges the self that you're trying to get out of, yeah? Wow. It's a trippy thing and you, you'll meet somebody and they may have an understanding, but if they have a craving and they're, and they're believing everything the head's saying and they're in a fuck it, they're apt to do almost anything. They may have been wearing robes for 30 years and staring out a blank cave or something. It won't matter. Right. Something will take them over because we don't have a human defense against it or a mental one. And we're taking ourselves to be human and we rely on the mental. So basically we have no defense. The parasite moves in and every time we meet it in our life, we call it me. I mean, shit. Yeah. And so we can't imagine uh, life without that saddle. It would be like life without me. Yeah. That's the whole beauty. That's why we try to use imagery here. Because when I saw that statement in page 64 and I read the word self, I saw it as foreign, completely foreign. And as soon as that happened, the next second, another possibility showed up, which was I can be free from it. 
Why, why, what was saddling that possibility, not being able to be available, was the act of being identified as self. I was taking myself to be the saddle in this example. Yeah? And the funny thing is, the head gets invested in being the saddle. Just sort of like we used to use the story about the guy with the tumor on the side of his body. Yeah? Now he just doesn't know anything. He just thinks it's part of him. So then he never even entertains that it could be removed. So he gets all these shirts and jackets tailored so that it fits this tumor. He's going on weird sites on the internet to meet another person with a tumor on the left side because his is on the right side. You know, on and on and on and on. And then when someone comes in and says, you know, you could have that removed, the first thing his head thinks about are the 30 shirts that he has tailored, that the jackets. And hey, fuck. You know, that's not worth it. You know what I mean? What? Yeah. I'll, I'll stick with the tumor. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's insane to me, but it happens. So, no, no, no. You know, a lot of people, like in recovery, I used to run into a lot of people. They were incredibly adept at asking for help, but they had no ability to receive help. None. Mm. They plaintive cry, but then if you gave them one suggestion, they were gone. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah. Let's tell the truth. Have you been taken over or haven't you? Do you actually, is your experience that you have a simple thing called alcoholism or does it feel like alcoholism has you? It sure feels like the latter to me. When I'm in, when active alcoholism is there, it has us. Yeah, we're powerless. We're dancing with the gorilla. We're gonna stop when the gorilla wants to stop. This whole, the way we speak is so insane. Oh, I have this little problem called alcoholism. It sure doesn't look like that. It looks like alcoholism has you, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? With this, how are we gonna see anything? If the simple shit isn't clear, what's the exact nature of the wrongs? What is the exact nature of it? Tell me. That self can't get out of self? Because we think it's Paul trying to get out of self. We are not seeing that Paul is representative of self. What we call Paul is an image made in the likeness of self. Yes? It's not in the likeness of God. It's in the likeness of self. Yeah? So Paul makes complete sense for Paul to try to get out of self. Unbeknownst to Paul, it's the identification as self trying to get out of self. Yeah? Don't believe me. Check it out. See? Are you the you that's constantly thought about? Are you the you that did this and done that? Yes. Can you imagine still harvesting guilt and shame based on the behavior you exhibited under the influence of alcoholism? Give me a freaking break. There was no way there was any volition involved when you were crawling around the floor looking for imaginary cocaine particles. Yeah. 
that was I didn't I didn't go out that night to end up doing that. That wasn't in the uh, agenda, so to speak. Yeah, what happens? Something was using you for transportation. Yes, and then you get to hold the story the rest of your freaking life as as if you were the doer. That's the bondage of self. We're still bound to shit that we didn't even do thirty years ago. Talk, you know, what's the bondage of self? There you go. Check it out. Bound to memories as the doer of shit you had nothing to do with. Yeah. Is it not drinking or relief from the bondage of self? The not drinking is essential, but it's not the fucking relief. The relief is relief from the bondage of self. Yeah. So that's the underlying cause that produced conditions that seemed to be unbearable, and we were led to drink. When we drank, something in us used that drinking as fuel, and went flamboyant, you know, just fucking went off for some of us. Some, it does it quietly. Some of us, we find that we're like beacons to people in uniform. You know, we just attract a lot of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And who's, who else is going to, you know. That's one of the values of living under the tyranny of self is if you escape, you'll know the exact nature of the wrong. <laughs> you will sooner or later, or you'll be open to hear it because it will definitely click. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Well, Paul, we have, uh, we have a number of hands. Should we get to questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, we have Steve D. Steve asking you to unmute. Steve, how are you, Steve? I'm all right, Paul. Thank you very much for being here today, man. Uh, thank you. I look forward to Thursdays every week. I just wanted to say thank you because what you've just talked about so far, you kind of gave form to something that happened to me today. And I, I had a strike of gratitude when you were talking. And I, I woke up this morning and I was just, you know, I'm an alcoholic, by the way. I woke up this morning. I was feeling funky. My head was washing machine and I just couldn't get, I couldn't get myself out of that space. I couldn't work out what was going on. And is it odd or is it God? You know, somebody in my home group, they text me and said, Hey Steve, how are you doing? How's your day going? And I said, Oh, can I speak to you? And I, I phoned him up and I had one of those beautiful experiences where one alcoholic talks to another. And I just, started talking about this washing machine bundle in my head and just by talking with this other person i managed to unravel it all and it all just straightened out and i could see where my head was crazy and afterwards after the conversation i still had that chemical feeling inside of me that discomfort and it, and, it, and it was still quite intense but I made that decision and I decided not to dwell in that chemistry and just carry on. Like my old sponsor used to say, move a muscle, change a thought. And I just got on with my day. 
because God had spoken to me through another person and had given me a gap to break away from that feeling. And I got on with my day. And you know what? I've had a good day since and I feel grateful for it. But what you've talked about, you made me realize that if I'd have stayed and dwelled on that discomfort in me, I would have been holding on to it and I would have stayed in it. But by moving on from it, I was able to move out into the sunlight. You know, yes. I mean, I've been reading some Emmett Fox just this year and there was something I read a couple of months ago and it really stayed with me. And he said, there's only two emotional states a human can be in and that's love or fear. And everything is a derivative of either of those. And I've really been trying just recently to, when I feel myself feeling uncomfortable, to realize that I'm allowing myself to live in fear and to try and move myself into the love, into the sunlight, you know, out of the shadows, into the sunlight. And I think that's what happened to me today. I was in the shadows, but I got an opportunity to step out into the sunlight. And by stepping out into the sunlight, it was just a lovely day again. So I just wanted to say thank you, because I think that's what you've just been talking about. And you've helped me realize something about myself. And and Paul, I'm 51 years old and you've just helped me realize another thing about myself. So I just wanted to say thank you, man. Thank you for helping me to see a bit more. Thank you. Thank you. And see, Steve. These things will become habits. So you'll be in the habit of stepping out into the light. Instead of, instead of dwelling in the dark, if you want to use that example. It's based all based on habit. And the habit that comes from relying on this higher power galvanizes because the higher power works. Yes? It works. Where the other is completely based on advertising, trying to keep you from not actually looking at, at it because it's a failed system. But we've been in, we have been presented a, a working way of life and a working design for living. Yes? yes? All you need to do is honor the demonstrations of its workingness, and then they'll become habits. Yeah? Yeah. And you'll realize that you don't even have to move yourself into the sunlight. That power will. Yeah? Yeah. Through you and through others. Yes. And then you have a new basis of living. But relying on in the infinite instead of finite self. Yeah. And Steve will change dramatically. Not by Steve, but Steve will change dramatically. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's that thing, isn't it, that by me claiming that pain, why don't I just put up with, because I'm an alcoholic, I don't like discomfort. You know, I drank for 22 years because I didn't like discomfort. But by me holding on to that discomfort and dwelling on it and thinking about it, I'm just giving, I'm magnifying it, aren't I? It's my magnifying eye, you know, as it says in the book. And sorry, Paul, I know these are really fundamental things, but I just, it, what you were talking about, it just clicked, man. I just wanted to say thank you. See, you don't want what's generating the problem to start reviewing the problem. That's a real big problem. <laughs> yeah, so... Remember the, uh, the skillful means of service, you know, or all you need to do sometimes when you can't move the shit to distract the flies, you just take an action. Yes. Yeah. Because in most cases, we're the shit. So the shit wants the flies to leave, 
but it doesn't realize it's the attracting quality. <laughs> In that case, service is profound because it takes us out of that orbit, yeah, and uh, allows our interest and attention in a way to drink from another well. And then you feel available and you feel a presence and you feel bigger. Yes? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're in a claustrophobic condition. Yeah. It's the obsession with self is a very myopic. It's almost like a black hole. It sucks everything in and it's insatiable. Yeah. It just doesn't work. And, uh, but there's strong habits of that gravitational pull. So we have to take action to break that gravitational pull and allow ourselves to be pulled by that other influence, which is the higher power. Yes. So like we say, you know, I don't think about going to AA meetings. I think which one. So I'm in the habit of doing things that enliven or uh, are beneficial to sobriety. Yeah, I'm in the habit of that. I'm in the habit of being sober, really. Yeah. And a habit of action without thought. And if the problem does reside in the head, you don't want thought to have a lot to say about the solution. You don't. So, yeah. So you get into the right habits. They really carry you pretty well. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. It's always a pleasure to see you. I'm happy. Uh, yeah. Relief is, uh, yeah, yeah. Once you get the taste of relief, the taste of relief sometimes, like in the in the preamble in the old book, it's like we are a hundred men and women who are recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, instead of a hopeless state of mind and body that generated a lot of drinking and drug use. Yeah. Relief allows you to see the hopeless state of mind, mind and body as seemingly. It's, it allows you to see false evidence as false evidence. Yes? Yes. When you're in false evidence, you see all other false evidence as appearing real. The, re, the relief from the bondage of self gives you the eyes to see shit. It does. Yeah? And you have some kind of discernment about what's being shoveled up there <laughs> all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then like we talk, you know, before you used to take it as like CNN, you know, headline news flashes. Now it's Comedy Central. It's basically, it has the, it has the news center counter, and but it's a comedy show. <laughs> You're fucked, Paul. <laughs> it's never going to get better. <laughs> it's sort of pretty hilarious when you know all the comedian's jokes. Yeah. <laughs> You're never going to be loved. <laughs> I'm telling you, one more step into freedom. I'm going to really, really fuck with you. Oh, no. You're in much more powerful hands. Yeah. 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 So. Thank you. Thanks for the share. Yeah. Thanks, Steve.
uh, all the other hands went down. Uh, Christian, did you still want to ask? Your question? That was a very good. That was great. I love that. The spirit is working. Right. <laughs> we have hey, Christian. Paul. <laughs> hey, so this is just sort of a clarification. Actually, you did touch on it. And they're all just smart enough to lower their hands, which I forgot to do, but I'll take the time with you anyway. Um, so like the solution is finding a higher power and the, you know, I mean, that's there in step two. So, I mean, that, I mean, that, but, but I had a sponsor way back when, who, when we were talking about step two, he immediately pointed me into helping with helping others. Like the two are together. It's almost like that's the solution, finding the higher power to get rid of the insanity, which of course is, you know, obsession with self really. And then, um, but the anecdote seems to be helping others, right? I, I believe that that's, I mean, that served me and, and that's what was given to me a long time ago by someone we both know very well. So um, it's not the only antidote, but it's, uh, it's okay. the most, uh, Give it's me more the than one and the most easy to step into. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the obvious one. It's the one that's pointed out and, and talked about in, in the book. Right. And ultimately the 12th step, you're, your uh, spiritual awakening is incumbent upon help, helping others. So, well, that's how it gets expressed a lot. You right. Have it by giving it away. So, yeah, you know. So, yes, if the nature of, let's say, having a spiritual condition is by giving it away, there you go. Got it. And then one one comment. Uh, one, I don't know, saying that kind of I found here in Minnesota, AA more than S, uh, SFAA, it's just um, this comment that we make decisions based on things we don't believe in and get results we can't deny, which is, of course, you know, accepting the bondage self, doing the steps, and then all of a sudden you're elevated or taken to a different level, um, yeah. which, of course, is the fourth dimension, I believe. So I yeah. if you can comment on that, if just... Well, that's in the beginning, because you come to believe quickly. It's in step two. So you make decisions and things you don't believe, but you come to believe quickly because the program works. I mean, I was knocked out by realizing I hadn't drank in eight weeks. The first two months I was in recovery. So I saw step two as an observational step. I had come to believe that something greater than me could restore me to the sanity concerning the insanity that precedes the first drink. And it was obvious because I hadn't drank in eight weeks and I hadn't been able to do that in many, many, many years. So I came to believe. So then the decisions I was seemingly making first was out of hope, let's say, turned into belief. And then there became a huge amount of faith in the decisions. Yeah. So there's a process that grows from uh, you first do something because basically, hopefully you've got the seed of willingness. You do shit that you don't believe is going to really speak to the problem. Like when the, you would spill out everything about your take on the problem for 30 minutes and the person would tell you to go to a meeting, that didn't make sense. 
you know? Right. I don't have a place to live, you know, but basically I went to the meeting. So I, I made a decision not based on my belief, but after a few decisions, I had a belief <laughs> in the program because it was working. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. So, and then the belief doesn't just stay at, at belief. It turns into faith because mm -hmm. you can believe a failed system. Yeah. And have faith in it. But that faith in a failed system leads to a slavery. We come to believe that a power greater than us can restore us to sanity, and then we have faith in that, and that faith brings an ease and comfort in our to our day. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> the same thing as belief and faith in both in both uh, directions. One produces a myopic, closed-down uh, condition. The other uh, produces a sense of contentment and satisfaction. It's the same belief and faith system, but what you're believing and what you have faith in. Most people, they don't understand how much faith is in the thought system. Yeah? That's why they're wondering why they're in so much anxiety. Well, it's from faith, really. Yeah? They're believing shit about next week that overrides their experience of today. That's faith. Only faith could do that. <laughs> really. Yeah. I mean, really. <laughs> Let's say we're on a ride right now. You're having five experiences all day, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and then much more seeing of subtler ideas going on. To, to believe that thinking about next week could override that experience is amazing. But if there's enough faith in the thought system that's dwelling in next week, it will override the experience of seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching when there's no seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching in that obsession, yeah? That's, that's generated by faith. Yeah? How could next week override the experience of today? It's like forgetting you're on a roller coaster. Something would have to be really incredibly... Uh, <laughs> there'd have to be a whole lot of faith in that thought you were dwelling on while you're on the top of a roller coaster going down screaming 80 miles per hour yeah but in a weird way that's what active alcoholism and addiction is like you're totally removed from the ride you're on and you're in a la la land like a fuck it land yeah that's why some of the drugs you do like cocaine would make you bereft of the ability to feel anything. You'd have to do cocaine. That's how insanely enslaving it was. When I tried to stop doing cocaine, I was super bummed out. I was totally indifferent. I couldn't feel fucking anything. The only way I could feel anything was through cocaine. That's insane. Yeah? So... 
as it says on page 5253, we'll find out that faith had something to do with everything. Yeah, well, definitely. And, and perhaps there's a better way, is a moving the faith out of the finite self to the infinite. And in the admittance that we can't do that, because if we identify it as the finite self, try to move the faith to the infinite, that would be more faith than the finite self. Be very clear about that. Very, very clear. That's that's the, the that's the nexus of self can't get out of self. Yes. When the head tries to get out of itself, it's more in the self. You see, because self can't get out of self. The out of self is a bigger in than all the ins you think you're in that you want to get out of. The outs are a bigger in. Yeah. Be clear about that, for sure. Self can't get out of self. If you let that wash over you, it's the most unbelievable. That thing offers you so many vistas of seeing that statement. The futility of an addict yeah, is totally the epitome of self can't get out of self. It's, it's all rooted in there. Yeah. But I beg to differ. As Paul, I can get out of self. What we're saying, Paul is the act of being identified as self. <laughs> that's the imagery. And self can't get out of self. That why the shit, that's why the shit's not working. <laughs> so let's see what we're not from what we are. Let's call it a spirit's condition and see we're not a mental condition. Yeah. And maybe we'll have the sense of being out of self, but it won't be self trying to get out of self, yeah? We'll, we'll see the feeling of being out of self came from not being in it, first of all. Yes, beauty, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. A seamless logic. The relief isn't after the fact, it's before the assumed fact, yeah? Yeah, it's... All the addiction, all the shooting drugs was trying to get relief after the fact. And that fact was an assumed fact. It wasn't fucking real. Yes? I reacted as if it was, and I gave it more meaning than it ever deserved. Yeah? So now the freedom is before the bondage of self. Yeah? Because trying to get out of self as self is the bondage of self. The freedom is seeing you're not that. Yeah? That's the freedom. I don't know what it will take, but you'll know it when it occurs. When you see it, uh, there'll be a letting go, a chilled outness, a fucking exhale. That's not followed by short inhales, just a fucking letting go of the fucking lifelong dilemma of trying to get out of me as me. You're just freaking, you're off it, yeah? You've broken, you've broken the trance. <laughs> wow, yeah, so... Please ponder self can't get out of self. It's like uh, there's a treasure trove in that statement. Really. It's amazing. 
I would have liked to seen how that culminated into a slogan in our community. I would have loved to see the process that people were brought to realize that. Because most people almost never get brought to realize that. Yeah? Yeah. They never even get close, in a sense. Yeah. So, thanks, whoever. Thanks, Christian. Thank you, Christian. You're welcome. Yeah, Paul, I don't see any other hands up at the moment. Well, that's good. Yeah. Maybe we'll just call it a day. Yeah. I think that was pretty tasty. Absolutely. Uh, I have a quick, quick just question for clarity. So it almost seems like because we are the infinite, that become that comes before the belief in the self. Yes. Which is which is false. But afterwards, we come to believe in the infinite, which we already are. So the believing of it is almost a living belief as opposed to something along the lines of, of like, like, a, a yeah. It's not believing it. You are it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. As something else, you need to believe in it. Right. And then you're in it. <laughs> yeah, that's the being convinced, yeah? You've been out of it, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it brings a level of acceptance to all your memories that you find totally unacceptable. Yeah. Every, uh, because this place... I think the word dreaming captures it beautifully, really, because uh, it has an end in a way, or at least the dreamt does, and seemingly had a beginning. Yeah. That which is real doesn't have a beginning nor an end. So this is an appearance. And... Uh, doesn't mean not to take it seriously or to take it seriously. It's just an appearance. I mean, and the reality is of that, what we call a spiritual condition in recovery. So I am of that reality and I'm appearing in this dreaming. Yes. I don't have any opinions, right or wrong. Oh, that's less and this is more. It just seems uh, people get confused because there's two different things going on at one time but in at that one time something that's always on is always on at the other time things are happening that may not be happening in the next second yeah so there's time going on in a context of timelessness they never run into each other there's nothing there's no uh there's no congestion or traffic <laughs> it's just appearance moves in a through this movement of time and the timeless is always available right where you are with no requirement necessary yeah at all times yeah 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 there's not you know well whatever 
So you want to end now? Hey, I wanted to ask, tell anyone, I don't know if anyone's around here, but we're going to have a, a, a live meeting 1.30 and have the Zoom, the regular Saturday Zoom. We're going to try it. We're going to go back to the old church we used to have a meeting at. and It will be the first one on Saturday. Hopefully the key will work and shit. And uh, yeah, so uh, if you're around here, there's going to be live meetings uh, from now on. Yeah. Hey, Paul, yeah. are you going to yes. go back to Lake and Arguello at all this month? In, I don't in know. I'll get in touch with them, but sometime slowly. Okay. Yeah. I haven't. I'm, uh, them, so. I'm not there yet, no. But I'll probably call them. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. But we're not going to, the Zooms are going to continue. We're going to have to talk about it because maybe Saturday will be started earlier like at 12 instead of 1.30. We'll have a little discussion around it. And uh, we're just going to try it at 1.30, see if it all works. And then I think that would be good for Europe anyway, yeah? If it started at 12 on Saturday, it would be earlier. So the only ones that it would affect adversely is Aussies and stuff and friends from New Zealand, I think. So we'll figure it all out, but we're going to start entering the world on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> I like social distancing. <laughs> I like a lot of aspects of the the reaction to the dilemma. Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I can come here. I don't have to park. <laughs> I get here a second before. <laughs> don't have to put anything on underneath the shirt. Just where, you know, I'm doing my Ramana Mahashi look, adult diapers. That's about it. It's cool. But there's something that, uh, you know, you can't replace living, living contact, especially with the message. It's very, uh, it has a potency. Zoom does pretty well, but it still has a potency, the live events. All right. Hey, thanks, everyone. So hopefully I'll see you and we'll be back on Tuesday, Thursday, as long as health uh, allows and shit. We'll be here. Hey, nice to see. I'm going to say goodbye to everyone. Hold on. I, I, this is I like to do this. So let's see. We got Kerry from Hawaii. Yes, he's one of uh, he doesn't know it yet, but he's we sent him out to explore. And then the mass of Zen bitch slap is coming later. Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> Steve, thanks. I'm happy to hear you're traveling lighter, bro. Good. Thank you. God bless, Paul. Yeah, that's why That's why we're all here, really. Vanessa, nice to see you, Vanessa. You're going to be called to service soon, Vanessa. Just that, that running the show wasn't a one-time affair. No. We got Paul... Paul's uh, got a shirt. Uh, you don't want to see this one, Paul. I don't know. It's going to be tough to beat, I think. There you go. Yeah. It's good. Got, got the whole northwest of America on the shirt. So there you go. Just sit oh, Don't worry. Yeah. Just get behind me. You'll pick up my drag. Yeah. Pick up that thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got Walter from the Netherlands. Yes, nice to see you, Walter. Jess from Ireland, always a pleasure. 
And there's Owen. Owen's 100% Irish. I don't know. Yeah. I could tell from afar when I met him. He's 100% Irish. It's good. Yeah. We got Roman. Nice to see you, Roman. I saw Barbara lurking around. So say hello from the group. Nice to see you, Roman. Uh, we got Stefan on Having Never Left. Fantastic as always. We got Jeff. Always nice to see. We got Gabe. Gabe's, I think, at work. We got Connor, another 100% Irish person. That's good. Yeah. Pretty good today. Thank you. All right. We got Gray, Gary. Nice to see you, Gary. Welcome. Yeah. We got Christian. Always a pleasure to see one of my uh, oldest friends in recovery. Mm -hmm. Nice to see you, bro. Trudging the road of happy destiny. Hallelujah. We got Duncan. There he is. Yes. Mickey, the matriarch. We got Jacob. Great job, Jacob, as always. Awesome. Michael Stacy. A pleasure. We got Ruby from Wichita. Nice to see you, Ruby. Rich A with his significant other, wherever that may be. Nice to see you. There she is. Nice to see you. We got Tanya. Tanya, it's the truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> this ain't no spiritual mumbo jumbo. This is the truth. Yes, we like that. You're an advocate for Zen Bitslap. We like it. We got PK from Long Island City. I think he's running the board today. We're in good hands. Yeah. Don't start playing vanilla fudge or anything. Yeah. No. <laughs> Do you ever go to the Action House in Oceanside? Way back when? Oh, what a crazy place. I must have saw vanilla fudge like 30 times. They played there like every weekend. <laughs> OBI? Mountain... I think it turned into that, but at one time it was the Action House. Yeah. Wow. So Mountain and uh, but I actually saw the original Fleetwood Mac there, with Peter Green and Jeremy Spencer. Ah, that was awesome with only like two hundred people. Uh, Leah, nice to see you, Leah. Nice and cozy. Uh, we got Nina. Thank you, Nina, for the phone call. Totally unnecessary, but any time to talk with you is nice. Yeah. The messenger doesn't take offense when you say it's all about the message. It's very clear on that. I, that it's very clear on that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we got Richard. Richard's looking. He's gazing into the future. Uh, Richard. Hey, Paul. Yes. Um, I have a screen, so I have like I have the uh, the webcam is here and the screen there. So I'm looking. At, I want to see you like in full HD. You know. <laughs> I better. I should get much better lighting here, man. Yeah, it's not bringing out the best. What the hell? It's. I get surprised every time I see myself. <laughs> I still have the idea of me crystallized around twenty years old. Yes, yes. It's just been adapting to the this false evidence appearing visually real. <laughs> nice. 
All right, we got Mika, Mika W. Nice to see you, honey. Yeah. We got Chris B. in Mammoth Lakes. Nice to see you dropping out. It's looking beautiful there. I see some big furs or something there. Yeah. Mm. There's nothing like altitude for clarity in the sky. So I always like that. We got, uh, who's this? A long number. Nice to see you, honey. I think it's, uh, Janina. Yes. Yes. Nice to see you there. We got Alex. Uh, she's at the table on the phone. Nice to see you, Alex. Yeah. She's the future greeter of zenbitchslap.com. So, yeah. We got Michael Stacy again, Maggie. Always nice to see a very lovely picture, Maggie. Uh, who else? Tommy. Uh, that's about it. Hey, thanks everyone for the day. I'll see you soon. Uh, again, Saturday we'll be at 1.30 and forgive us if we have any trouble with the Wi-Fi. But I think we'll, it'll work out. Okay, see you. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Paul.